All right. What would you attempt? What would you try if there was no fear of failure? What would you attempt? What would you try? What would you do if you felt like, I can't fail? And so here's the thing. Too often we have dreams like that. We have aspirations like that. And we think about, you know, if I could, you know, knew there was no way of failing, this is what I would attempt. Maybe it's things for God. Maybe it's just things for you. Maybe it's just hopes and dreams that you have. But what would you attempt? And think about, why have you not attempted that? Why have you not given it a shot? Why have you not stepped out? You might say, well, Mike, it's because I'm afraid I would fail. You know, and too often what we do is we live with a fear of failure. We live in fear of what might happen. We f- live in fear of what others might think. We live in fear of what they might think if we don't succeed. And so too often what we do is we let others and, and what we think others might say keep us from experiencing all that God has for us. And so I want us to look at today, we're looking at the fear of failure. And, and, and look at this, this statement here. It says, the fear of failure is being afraid of not accomplishing a desired goal. Of not accomplishing a desired goal. And here's the thing, it's something that you desire. It's something that you want to do. It's something you would like to be able to do. But you know what? It's a fear of what might happen if you don't reach that goal. Right, so I just won't try. And listen to this statement. I like this. It says, fear of failure might cause people to sabotage their own efforts to avoid the possibility of a bigger failure or to avoid trying something new altogether. Let me, let me read that again. Sometimes we sabotage our own efforts because of fear of us not reaching that goal. So we don't even try, and we just shoot ourselves in the foot, and we say, I can't do this. And I don't know what those things might be. Maybe it's to start a business. You say, well, boy, I'd love to start a business, but I'm afraid it may fail. Most of them do. Maybe you say, you know what, man, I would like to be able to get up and lead worship, you know, on the stage like some of these guys do, and like our team just did, they did a phenomenal job. And so we think, man, I would like to be able to do that. You know, and, and so we would say, you know, but I'm afraid of what people might think, or I'm afraid I wouldn't be any good at it, or I'm afraid of whatever. Now, some of you can't sing, so you couldn't do that, but I'm just saying, you know, you would, you, you would think about that. But here's what happens, though, too often is we let the fear of, hey, I'm, I'm going to attempt this or I'm going to try this, keep us from even putting forth the effort. Like I said, we sabotage ourselves. We shoot our, ourselves in the foot. We sell ourselves short. And so oftentimes what we want in life is we want to be successful, right? We want to be successful. We want to be successful in life. We want to, you know, we want to feel like we have made it. But we don't try things because we're afraid that we'll be a failure. We don't, want, we don't even attempt things because we're afraid we'll be a failure. So here's the thing. Success is relational, not circumstantial. Success is relational. See, success is something that is really about relationships. God made it very clear. He's made it through, clear throughout the Scriptures that it's about relationships, not our circumstances. And too often what we do is we, say, we think, well, if the circumstances would change, maybe you know, I would be successful. No, success is based on relationships. Very, very few times do you see people at the end of their life going, hey, listen, would you bring my stuff to me so that I can see it one last time? Could I hold my money one last time? A lot of times they want the relationships close to them. And so success is about relationships. It's really not about circumstances. And, and, and so here, here's a passage that was is one of my favorite passages. And God is talking about His relationship our relationship with Him. We talked about last week, you know, the God that we serve 
And we are to have a fear of God. It's the only fear we're commanded to have. But the thing is, is the God that we serve, the God that we claim to be the God of, of the universe, the God of our life, He, he is powerful. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's all-present. But He wants a relationship with me. He wants a relationship with you. He wants, to, he, wants to know you. he wants you to know Him. He knows me. He knows everything about me. But He wants you to know Him. He wants us to, to spend time in His Word. He wants us to spend time getting to know Him, learning His ways. And He tells us over and over throughout Scripture, but too often our, our focus is on other things. And so in this passage, Joshua is about to lead the, the nation of Israel into the Promised Land. And Moses is not able to do that. Uh, that was something that was taken away from him because of his anger. But, so, but here's the thing. is God is leading Joshua, and Joshua is leading the nation. And so he's speaking to him right here. Joshua 1. It says, Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. And do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left, and then you'll be successful in everything you do. All of you guys that are chasing after success, God's giving you the, the, uh, the ingredients right here and giving you the, the recipe. So be, you'll be successful in everything you do. Study the, the, this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so, you will not, so you'll be sure, not, uh, be sure to obey everything written in it. And only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. In all that you do. This is my command. Be strong. And courageous. That's a command from God. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And so God is saying, don't be afraid. And so all, too often we as followers of Christ, we as those who claim that we believe in the one true God, we live in fear. We live in fear of different things. We live in fear of, of, of speaking in front of people. I shared that last week. That was one of my greatest fears in life. You know, it was getting up in front of people. And, and, and the thing for me was, you know, I had all these fears. I was afraid of what people might think. And so it was a fear that I had to kind of work through. And there's still times I have to work through my fear of getting up in front of people or walking up in front of people. And so Satan constantly tries to remind me of this. And as I was doing a little study on that this past week, I saw that it, in, in this article it called it a mental disorder. So I sent that to some of our staff who say they don't want to get up on the stage and they don't want to be in front of anybody. And, and they were like, I'm good with that. I'm okay with that. And I'm like, that's not healthy. You know, you shouldn't, be, you shouldn't succumb to your fear. And so here's the thing is what we do is we, we do just what they do. We say, hey, I'm good with that. I'm just, I don't want to mess up. I don't want to be afraid. Or I don't want to mess up. I'm afraid that something will happen or I'll say the wrong thing. And so we let that fear rule us. We let that fear put us in, in chains. We just got through singing a song about let the chains fall. Fear bow. You know, and too often what we do is we give in to the fear. And we have not been given a spirit of fear. We've been our, our timidity, but of, a, of power and a sound mind. As a believer, as a follower of Christ, you're not supposed to be fearful of everything. The only thing we are commanded to fear is, is God Himself. And so too often, we as Christians, we as followers, as believers, we're afraid. And sometimes we're even afraid to follow Jesus. There's some of you that may be weighing it out, and you keep going, man, I want to give my life to Christ, but I'm afraid that I will fail Him. I'm afraid that I will mess up. Let me go ahead and tell you, you will. But thank God He is a God of grace and a God of mercy. And He is a God who forgives. He is a loving God. He is long-suffering. He is patient. And so God cares about us. He wants a relationship with us. That's what success is all about, is you and I being able to have a relationship with God. 
It's not about money. It's not about things. It's not about jobs. It's not about careers. It's not about pieces of paper hanging on your wall. It's not about how many people like you. It's not how many likes you have on Facebook. It is about having a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. You know, I think about earlier we were singing a song and it was talking about the blood of Christ, the blood, of, the blood in His eyes. And I, and I was sitting there thinking about, you know, and that just kind of hit me kind of hard. And I'm sitting there thinking about Jesus hanging on the cross, bleeding out the blood from the crown of thorns that's been put on His, his head. It's been shoved down into his, his skull where literally it, it lacerated and opened it up and blood began to trickle down. And it's in His eyes. And maybe they beat him, and, or maybe they punched him so hard that maybe a blood vessel popped in his eye, you know, and it was just red in there, or just blood, period. And I was thinking, that was, his blood was shed for my sins, for my, my transgressions, for yours, for your lies and your jealousy and your cheats, your greed, your lust. I mean, that's what Jesus died for. And so the blood that's in his eyes... Man, that's the blood that was shed for your sins so that you might be able to have a right relationship with God. And, and here's the thing is, and then we, we, we miss that. And, we, and then here we live in fear of living for Him. Man, He was willing to die for us. Shouldn't we be willing to live for Him? And, and so I, I think back to this passage. And it's, it's really a, an awesome thing. This, this passage was the very first passage that I ever preached out of. My very first message came out of that passage right there. It was awesome. I was scared to death. I was, I, I, it was about a 20-minute message that I did in about five minutes. I was like a Gatling gun. Brrr, you know, I was just rolling it out. But the incredible thing was is that one person gave their life to Christ that night. And God kind of confirmed to me. He said, Mike, I can use you if you'll just make yourself available. Just trust me. And it was really an awesome thing. So this morning at 6.30, I get a text from a friend of mine, Stefan Carr, who sends me a passage and he's, it's a, or a text, and he's praying over me. And he's praying for God to anoint me, and, and he sends me Joshua 1.9. I'm like, how cool is that? A little while later, we were back here in the back. We were getting ready for the service, and I get a phone call, and it's Phil Wilson. It's my, my youth pastor. Whenever I gave my life to Christ and who discipled me, and, and I'm thinking, what's going on? I'm thinking something bad's happening. I answered the phone. He said, hey, listen, dude. He said, God put you on my heart today. He said, I feel like I'm supposed to call and pray with you. I said, bring it on. I said, let me tell you what's going on today. And you guys will find out a little bit more later in the service what's going on today. But, man, it was awesome. And I said, dude, bring it on. And, and so I said, let me just tell you, funny that you called this morning. I said, I am preaching out of the passage that I preached my first message ever in a service that he called Heartbeat on Wednesday night on Joshua. And as he prayed over me, he said, man, God, he, got, he goes, God, I thank you that Mike did not give in to his fear. And he, he was willing to trust you. And he was willing to allow you to work in him. And he began to just pray, you know, God, thank you for the ministry that's taking place through that courage, and that trust. And I thought, man, that lines up perfectly with what we're talking about. And so there may be some of you that you're sitting here and there's things that you want to do and that you're, you're going, man, I would like to attempt for God, but you know what, man, I just don't know, and I'm afraid, or I'm not good at this, and I'm not good at that, and I won't ever do this. Don't ever tell God what you won't do. Because He'll make you do it. I'm just telling you, He'll make you do it. And so be, be careful. Here, here's here's a, a, a great statement from a great theologian. says, it ain't how hard you hit, it's how hard. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving on. That's how winning is done. That's Sylvester Stallone, the great theologian. That's Rocky Balboa right there. And, and listen to what he's saying. Hey, listen, you're going to get hit. We're all going to get hit. It's not about how hard. It's not about how hard you hit. It's just realizing you're going to get hit. There's something that's going to come against you. There's going to be people that will criticize you. 
There's going to be people that will, they will try to embarrass you. They will try to shame you. They're going to attack you. That's part of it. But the thing is, is too often what we do is we let the fear of what might happen keep us from even attempting to get in the ring. But I'm just telling you, there will be battles. There will be attacks. There will be people that will come against you. Satan himself will come against you. But man, we think back to what we said earlier. We have a relationship with the God who spoke everything into existence. Who breathed the very words and the suns were put in the sky. The stars. And so that God has me. He said, hey, listen, don't be afraid. I'm with you. I'll carry you. I'll walk with you. And so what he's saying, hey, listen, don't let fear rule in your life. The only fear that you ought to have is the fear of me, is what God says. Here's a great statement, too. It's a quote from a guy that many people know. He says, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed i failed over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed, Michael Jordan. You know, most of us, when we think of Michael Jordan, we think, man, he's a winner. He was a loser. He lost a lot of games. He missed the, the game-winning shots. But here's the thing. He let that failure motivate him and push him to work harder, to, to keep moving. And so too often what we do is we allow a failure or the fear of a failure to keep us from even attempting something. But what he said was, hey, listen, it's the fuel, man. It's what motivates me. It's what keeps me going. And so what we do is we let it hold us in in captivity. It it holds us hostage. And what he's saying, hey, listen, man, let it fuel the fire. Let it fuel the fire. So what we should do is we should embrace that failure, learn from that failure, and then keep moving. Because you know what? There's going to be another attack coming. There's going to be another punch thrown our way. Look at what the Lord says here in Jeremiah 9, 23 through 24. It says, this is what the Lord says. Don't let the wise boast in their wisdom, or the powerful boast in their power, or the rich boast in their riches. But those who wish to boast should boast in this alone, that they truly know me and understand that I am the Lord, who demonstrates unfailing love, and who brings justice and righteousness to the earth, and that I delight in these things. I, the Lord, have spoken. All right, so God is saying, hey, listen, if you're going to boast on something, if you're going to brag about something, man, let it be that you have a relationship with me. Too often what we do is we boast and we brag about our toys and our stuff, our our abilities. You know, what we can do. We get proud. We get arrogant. We get haughty. We get a little bit to thinking too highly of ourselves. And God is saying, listen, don't boast about anything. Don't brag about anything but you and me being in a relationship together. And so what happens is, you know, too often we get to the point where we don't brag and we don't boast about a relationship with God. We often try, try to hide it. It's like certain, we get around certain friends and we're like, hey, Jesus, if you don't mind, can you hang out in the back a little bit? I don't want my buddies to see that you're here. I don't want you to kind of really affect the relationship or the party or what we're doing. And so too often what we do is we boast and we brag on things that are of this world. But God says, if you're going to boast or brag about anything, let it be about me and about our relationship together. So let me ask you, when was the last time that you bragged about God? I love it when some people say, man, God showed up and he showed out. Man, let me tell you what he did. And here's the thing. It becomes what? A testimony. It becomes something that we're proud of, that we, we say, hey, this is a testimony. I am testifying about what God has done. It's like if we had seen an accident or a wreck or something like that, and we go, hey, l- listen, I'm willing to tell everybody what I saw happen. And so what you're doing is you're testifying. You're telling people, man, this is what I've seen God do. This is what I've seen. That's what I have experienced. I've seen it with my own eyes. And so what we do is we begin to testify about that. 
You know, and we, I don't know if they're still in the, the, the seat there, but we have a card called My, My Story. And, man, we, we have begged people, hey, man, write down your story, write down your testimony. We want to be able to share that with others. We want to be able to t- let others hear your story. And you know what you're doing? You're bragging on your relationship with God. You're not bragging on yourself. You're bragging on what God has done. And that's what He's telling us in Scripture should happen. And so here's the thing. We keep going, hey, man, if y'all don't mind, fill out that card. Hey, if you don't mind, do this. And it's, you're like, I mean, I'm afraid that mine won't be good enough. Or if I fill mine out, maybe they won't use it or whatever. And so I don't want to be rejected again. There will be failure. And so what we've got to be willing to do is say, God, I want to boast. I want to brag about what you are doing in my life. And I want to tell everybody and anybody. And so every time there's an opportunity, instead of being ashamed of it or afraid of it, we go, you know, man, let me tell you what God's doing in my life. Let me tell you about my quiet time this morning. Let me tell you what God is doing. And so I think it's important for us to do what God's Word says. We need to line it with the Scriptures, with His teaching. Here are a couple of characteristics that, that contribute to the fear of failure. Number one is people-pleasing. Maybe you're a people-pleaser. You want everybody to like you. You want everything to be, you know, you, know, you don't want a, any tension in the room. You don't want anybody to feel awkward. You want anybody to feel offended or anything. And so maybe you're a people-pleaser. It says, it's simply the fear of man. Proverbs 29, 25 states this, it says, The fear of man lays a snare. The fear of appearing as a failure to others controls and, and confines a person's thoughts and actions. So in other words, our thoughts about what they might think about us, our fear of what they might think about us, literally will keep us captive. And I don't know if you know what a snare is, but a snare is a, a piece of wire or a line that they, they leave this little loop and it can be on the ground or it can be in an opening. And when an animal goes through it, his neck will get caught in that snare. And then the more that he fights, the more it chokes him down, the more it kills him. And what the Bible is saying is whenever you live in fear of man, that's what it's doing. It's choking you down. Or maybe it catches a, a, you know, an animal's foot and then it, it gets wrapped around the leg. And, and the more that they fight, the tighter it gets and the more they are held captive. And so maybe that's what fear is doing in your life. Your fear of what people might think is literally choking the life out of you. It's choking opportunities out of you. It's choking what could be out of you. And so if you are a people pleaser and you're more worried about what people think than you are about what God thinks, then you're being held captive. And you're living in fear. You're living in fear. Here's another one. Perfectionism at its core is pride. Perfectionism. You say, well, I'm a perfectionist. And a lot of times we kind of raise our nose and we kind of stiffen our neck and we kind of get a little arrogant, a little haughty about that, like I'm a perfectionist. Well, you know, I like things to be done well as much as anybody. And one of the values that we talk about here at Journey Church is, you know, that we believe that God is honored in excellence. And so I believe that everything that we do should be done with excellence. I mean, if you look back in the Scriptures, you know, it was encouraged, hey, don't bring the spotted lamb, don't bring the blemished lamb. You bring the very best that you've got. And so we, we encourage, we challenge, we teach people, hey, bring the very best that you have. Bring excellence to the Lord. But there's nobody perfect. Nobody, none of us in this room are perfect. I mean, all of us have got our failures, our hang-ups, our hurts, and our habits, right? We've all got issues. That's the reason Jesus came here. If everybody was perfect, Jesus wouldn't have gone to the cross. But He went to the cross because we're not perfect. We are broken. We're in need of a Savior. We're in need of change. And Jesus changes everything. We just got through saying, Jesus, you change everything. And He does. Thank God He changes us. He doesn't leave us the same. But He is at work in our lives when we accept Him, he, we literally go from death unto life. You know, we, we, we say, hey, you know what, I'm a new creation. 
And then here's the thing. He continues to change us and transform us into the image of Christ until the day we die. And so Jesus is about changing us and transforming us. And so there's no perfect people. But here's what we'll do. As a perfectionist, we'll say, well, I'm not going to do that unless I can do it perfect. I'm not going to do it unless I can do a, you know, a complete somersault. I'm not even going to try it. I'm not going to do whatever it might be. I'm not going to attempt to do this unless I know I can't fail. Well, you know what? You're going to fail at something. You just got to learn to learn from them. You've got to embrace them and say, all right, I, I tried it. Let me try again. Let me, change, let me make an adjustment. You know, if a batter goes up to the plate, man, he does the same thing every time. and He strikes out every time. He needs to what? He needs to make an adjustment. He needs to work on something that will change the outcome. And so what we've got to be willing to do is say, God, you know, hey, I failed, but you know what? What can I do to do better the next go, go round? So perfection, here's another one, pessimism. Maybe you're a pessimist. Don't start elbowing each other. But pessimism is fearing that whatever is hoped for will not happen. There is no confidence in the future. Pessimists look at challenges with a glass-half-empty mentality. They refuse to believe the best and eliminate positive expectations. So maybe you're the naysayer. You're the negative one. You're, you're the one, hey, I'm just trying, and I hate this stupid saying, hey, I'm just going to play the devil's advocate. I tell people all the time, man, we don't need the devil around here. We've got enough of that junk. You know what I'm saying? So don't be that with me. You might say, hey, I want to I give you a different perspective. That's one thing. But don't say, hey, I'm on, I'm on the devil's side and I'm just going to test you on this. That's the stupidest thing a Christian could say in my mind. But, hey, you know what? You do whatever you want to do. You'll, you'll answer to God one day for that. I don't know. But so here's the thing is what we do is we become a pessimist. We're always negative. We're always down, you know, south in the mouth. I mean, we're just going like, you know, well, I don't know, you know, and we're always negative. The Bible talks about speaking life. We talk about a hope in the future. We just got through singing about a hope in the future. That Jesus brings healing. He brings hope, right? So for every Christian, every believer, for us to not live with hope, man, is, 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 a, is a shame. And to me, it's an insult to Jesus who died that we might have a hope and a future. That we could be in a right relationship with God. And so if we're going to just say, well, you know, I'm just going to be negative Nancy all the time. Man, you, you got to say, you know what? God changed me. Jesus changes everything. Let him change you. Let him change you. Let him change your perspective, your outlook, whatever it might be. Say, Jesus, change me. I don't want to be negative all the time. I want to be positive. I want to see the hope and the future that you have for us. God, I want to see the positive and the good in a situation. Not always seeing the negative. But God, help me to be positive. And so too, too often, those are the characteristics. So we're either, we're either a people pleaser. We're always worried about what others might think rather than what God thinks. We're perfectionists. We say, you know, I'm just not even going to do it if it can't be done right, and we don't do anything at all. So what we do is we literally stonewall ourselves. And then maybe you're a pessimist. You, you focus on all the negative. You never focus on the positive. You never look for what could be. Here's the thing. Overcoming the fear of failure begins with acknowledgement. It begins with acknowledgement. And let me just say this. We are all failures. Everybody in this room is a failure. We've all fallen short of God's glorious standard. We've all fallen short of God's glorious standard. We've all sinned. We've all missed it by a mile. And too often what we do is we live in fear of messing up, and we already have. We live in fear of being a failure in the eyes of God, and we already are. But we serve a redeeming God. We serve a saving God. We serve a loving God. We serve a passionate God who loved us so much that He sent His Son Jesus into the world to die that we might live. 
He didn't want us to continue to be separated from Him because of our sin, but He wants us to be saved and then sanctified and changed and transformed into the image of Christ. That's the God that we serve. The one who knows everything about you. He knows that you have messed up. He knows that you're a failure. He knows that you have blown it. He knows that you have been sinful. But He loved you in spite of your sin. He still sent His Son Jesus to go to the cross to die that you might live and have eternal life. How powerful is that? That's the God we serve. And so one of the, the first steps towards anything is acknowledging, hey, this is a problem. If you're an alcoholic, say, you know what, I've got a, I've got a drinking problem. That's, that's the first step towards healing. If you're an addict, man, you know, you say, hey, listen, I've got a drug problem. That's the first step towards healing. If you've got, if you've got a marriage that is falling apart, and you say, hey, listen, man, we've got an issue in our marriage and we need help. That is the first step towards healing. And so you've got to be willing to embrace it and say, God, I acknowledge today that I am a failure. God, I acknowledge that I have missed your standard by a mile. And God, I need redemption. I need to be saved. I need to be changed. I need to be transformed. And so if you're here today and you've never put your faith in Christ, that is the first step. Acknowledging I'm a sinner. Acknowledging to God. You're confessing your sins to Him. Say, God, I confess to you that I am a sinner. And I need you in my life. Jesus, will you come into my life? And His answer is yes. Jesus, will you save me? His answer is yes. That's what I came for. Will you change me? Yes. He'll even send the Holy Spirit to live within you, to continue to change and transform you, to teach you, to mold you, to equip you for the works of ministry. And so the thing is, is us making that decision is the most important decision we'll make, is to give our life to Christ. And there's many of you in this room, you've made that decision. Many of you have made that decision. Some of you are kind of weighing it out. You're afraid of failing. And just understand, everybody in this room is a failure. We're a bunch of losers. Isn't that right? We're a bunch of losers sitting here in this room, and you're going, Mike, I'm not a loser. Now, here's the thing. If we were lost, and I don't know if you know what a loser is, but a loser has lost. So here's the thing is, if we, are, if we were ever lost, we were a loser. Man, but Jesus gives us victory. Jesus saves our soul. Jesus changes us. Look at this passage here. It says, Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? And But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. So John, so here's John, he's going, man, I, I, I messed up. I am, I am broken. And Jesus, you're the, you're the son of God. I've already told people I wasn't even worthy to untie your shoes. And you're asking me to baptize you? And, and Jesus said, hey, everything that God says must be done. And so Jesus is baptized as a believer, you know, and he's going, man, I'm, I'm modeling the way. Hey, I'm modeling what it means to be a, a, a man after God's own heart. I'm modeling what it means to chase after God. Because, see, Jesus was fully God, but fully man. And here's the thing. He was saying, God, I, I want everybody to see this is the model. So why do we not follow Christ in believer's baptism? Are we afraid? There's plenty of people in this room that have probably given their life to Christ that have never taken the next step, that first step of obedience. And so why, why do we not do that? Look, look at the statement here. It says, too often we don't, we don't take the next step out of fear. We will, fall, we will fail in following Christ. We live as captives of the one who can set us free. We live as captives afraid of messing up for the one that has died to set us free. Every week I talk about next steps. Would you guys agree with that? Every week I talk about next steps. Well, hey, what's the next step? You know, and so at the end of the message, I'll have next steps for me today. And I kind of, I even try to give you application. How do, you, how do we live this out? 
We even set up a, a VIP room back here in the back. Very important people. Very important person. That's for you. If you have given your life to Christ, you are a very important person. Jesus went to the cross and died for you. And we say, hey, listen, the next step would be to go back to that room and connect with somebody. Man, we want to put a Bible in your hand. We want to help you begin this walk with Christ. And, and some of us will go, man, I'm afraid. I don't know anybody back there. I've even told you guys, hey, I'll be back there. You may not know, you may not know me super well, but you know my face, you know my name. Come on back. I'm back there. And so we do that nearly every week, trying to help people to take the next step. And yet they still live in fear of following Christ in believers' baptism. We are in a very blessed church. Very blessed church. Let me tell you, nearly every week there's someone that gives their life to Christ here at this church. There's a lot of churches that don't get to experience that. Every, every week there's someone who raises their hand and says, Mike, I'll, I just prayed to receive Christ, but you know, I, I just asked Jesus to come and live within me. By faith, I'm asking Him to save me. Mike, that was me. Mike, I need, I need Jesus. Will you pray for me? And by, every week, there are people that raise their hands. And, and, and I encourage them, hey, listen, take the next step, take the next step. And too often, they just hurry out of here. Maybe out of fear. But we want, we want to kind of deal with that today. We've got an opportunity for you guys. Let's, let's look at this. Let's look at what baptism is. Baptism is the first step of obedience after accepting Christ. Once you give your life to Christ, let me just tell you this. Baptism does not save you. Baptism does not save you. What saves you is the blood of Christ being applied to your life. You, by faith, saying, Jesus, I believe that you went to the cross. I believe you died for me. I believe that you can change me. I believe that you can save me. And, Jesus, my faith is in you. It's not anything that I bring to the table. Remember, I'm a loser. So here's the thing is, I, I am, I'm a failure. I, I, I have blown it. I have sinned. I've, I've said the wrong thing. I've done the wrong thing. I've looked at the wrong thing. And so Jesus has to cover my sins with His blood. And so Jesus literally covers me with His precious blood. The blood that we were talking about earlier that was in His eyes covers my sin and your sin. And He covers that. And so it's whenever we put our faith in Jesus Christ and what He has done. Then here's the cool thing. Whenever God, we stand before God and God looks at us and He looks at you know, what we've done wrong, Jesus says, I've covered them. And here's the crazy thing about Christianity. This is what I love about the gospel. is what we, what we confess, the Bible says that God will uncover. What, I, let me take it back. What we confess, God says He will cover with the blood of Christ. What we try to hide, He will uncover for all to see. So if we confess our sins, He will cover it with the blood of Christ. And so Jesus says, I've covered them. I've paid for them. I've paid for their sin. And so whenever we accept Christ... We become a child of the King. We become part of His family. You might say, well, Mike, I don't have any family. You do if you're a believer. You're part of the family of God. You're part of God's family. And so the cool thing is, is you know, it's, it's the next step would be to go public with that baptism. I mean, I want to be baptized the way Jesus was. I'm a follower of Christ. I'm going to do what Jesus did. He was baptized. Look at this next one. Baptism is going public. You, you know, and a lot of times we're, if we're afraid of being up in front of people, we're afraid of the public, you say, hey, listen, that fear has no, no hold on me anymore. I'm going public. I want everybody to know in this room that I have asked Christ to come and live within me. I was a sinner that has been saved by the grace of God. And so I want everybody to know Jesus has changed me. Jesus is at work in me. And so what we'll do is we'll take you in that pool. We'll say, baptized, baptized with Christ, being, being raised in the newness of life, buried with death. Literally, that's what the, the water represents is, you know what? You're laying down the old life. You're dying to the old way of living, the old way of thinking, being raised to a new life where Christ is the center of it. Where, you know what? You no longer have to walk in fear. The chains have fallen. 
Man, and you are able to walk in the authority of Jesus Christ. Jesus even says that He will put the Holy Spirit within you to walk with you. And so that's powerful. So it's going public. You're letting everybody know. Look at the next one. Baptism is a step of courage and faith. I can remember whenever I gave my life to Christ at the age of 19. I struggled with being baptized. I was afraid of what might happen. I didn't know exactly what went on back there. What do they do to you? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I wasn't sure. But I can remember going, you know, God, I want to be baptized, but, you know, I'm afraid I'll mess up. I'll slip down. I'll fall in. I'll do whatever. And I heard someone tell me the same thing this morning. I was like, it's water. You're falling in water. What, you know I mean, come on. You know? And so the thing is, is our fear of what others might think keeps us from following Christ in the second step of obedience, the first step of obedience. And so why, why would we not do that? We, say, we claim we're followers of Christ, and so it's a step of courage. Here's the fourth thing. Baptism is shaking our fists in the face of fear. He said, fear, you will not rule over me. Fear, you will not control me. You will not hold me captive. You will not. And that's what it's doing. And so baptism is literally telling fear, hey, you're a liar. And you know what? This, these people will support me. They will encourage me. They will pray over me. Whenever you go in public, people will know your name. This morning in the first service, we had, we had two that were baptized, Catherine and William. You know, and, and so the thing is, they, were, they got prayed over. And people will know their name, and they showed great courage. Great courage. Look at this passage here. It says, don't be afraid, for I am with you. And don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. My victorious right hand. Listen to what that passage is saying. Too often we live in, in defeat of fear. We live in defeat because of fear. And here's the thing, the God who spoke all that we know into existence is saying, hey, listen, man, don't listen to that junk. He said, listen, I will hold you up. I will fight your battles. I will go before you. I will lead you. I will protect you. I will guide your steps. And he's saying, hey, listen, I will hold you up with my right hand in victory. Will there be struggles? Yes. Will there be trials? Yes. And some of them God will even bring into your life to help you find victory in areas of your life. And then too often, we're afraid to follow Him. We've got a couple of candidates that are fixing to go upstairs and be baptized. If you guys will, if you're going up to be baptized, go ahead and stand up right over here. If y'all will, give them a hand. They're following Christ in believers' baptism. You guys can go ahead. They're going to go upstairs, and they're going to get ready. And, man, I'm, I'm excited about them taking that step. And, and let me tell you, let me just say this. We've got some young people that have gone through the waters of baptism, and I want to say this to the adults, that have more courage than you do. We've got some kids. We've had some kids this morning that have more courage than you do. They're willing to get up, and they're willing to go and say, you know what, I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm following Christ. And so they're going, and let me just say this. You might say, well, Mike, you know, I would, but you know, I, don't, I didn't bring any clothes. Well, we did. So we've got some clothes here. We've got blow dryers. We've got underwear. We've got everything that you might need to get baptized. We've got everything that you would need to get baptized. And so here's the thing is, you don't have any excuses right now. And I know some, and this is what people often go, well, you know, Mike, I, I really want my family to be here. You know, it sounds like a story in the Bible where, where a guy said, Jesus, I want to follow you. He said, but let me go back and bury my family. And he says, let the dead bury the dead. He said, if you're going to follow me, quit looking back. If you're going to follow me, come on, let's go. And so too often what we do is, hey, well, I'm going to wait until my family can be here because, you know, this, this is important to mama. This ain't about mama. This is about you and Christ. It's about you being obedient to the gospel. It's about you following him. And say, you know what, I want to be obedient 
not just good with mama. I want to be obedient to the gospel. And so too often what we do is we let fear keep us from that. Look at this passage here. Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and, and, and we will come and make our home with each of them. And anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit who will live within you. He will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or what? Or afraid. Don't be afraid. I'm just telling you, every week we see people raise their hand and they never take the next step. And so we've got clothes, we've got everything that you need. All you've got to do in just a few minutes, we're going to have a song. And you're going to get up and you're going to be able to walk out that door. And and there's going to be pastors that will care for you guys. They will make sure that, you know what, hey, they're clear in their decision. First service, we had a lady, she's going to be baptized in this service. She came up, she couldn't even make it up the steps. She'd been battling cancer for years. She came up to the top, she said, my mom wanted me to get baptized when I was 12. She goes, but I did it for her. She goes, I'm under conviction today that I need to be baptized as a believer today. And man, I'm telling you, I got choked up. Couldn't even hardly talk about it. And so we prayed upstairs, and so she'll be baptized in the service. Couldn't even hardly physically get up the steps. She's got a broke foot right now. Don't even know how she broke it. And so the thing is, is she's willing to say, you know what? I need to get up there. Physically can't even hardly get up the steps, and she's willing to go. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a, that's a celebration. And so I want to I challenge you. Don't let fear keep you captive. Don't let fear keep you from taking that step. But if you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, then get up and go. I had someone come up to me after and say, man, I, I, just, I feel like I need to come tell you. I feel like God has called me to the ministry. I just need to confirm that with someone. I need to tell someone, hey, I feel like He's called me to do missions. I feel like He has called me, He's called me out. And I've been battling this. He said, it's an eight-year journey, but I feel like God has called me to do this. I was like, dude, that is awesome. And he, here's the thing. He said, man, everything you said about failures, that's what I've been dealing with. See, here's the thing. God takes failures, and He does incredible miracles with them. He does incredible miracles with them. And so you've got to be willing to say, God, here I am. Use me. Look at these next steps. I'm going to ask the band to come down. And the band is about to play a song in just a couple of minutes. But look at these next steps. I choose not to live in fear of failure, but to embrace it. So this is a choice. This is a step that you guys can take. I choose not to live in fear of failure, but I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to learn from every time I mess up. I'm going to say, you know what? What can I do better? How can I do that different? How can I change what I'm doing? How can I change my focus? What are the adjustments that I need to make? And so today, let that be your choice. I'm not going to live in fear of failure, but I'm going to embrace it. I choose to surrender to Christ for salvation by faith today. Maybe that's you. You go, Mike, that's me, man. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to be saved. I want to be changed. I want to be transformed. Now, here's the thing. Jesus is waiting. He stands at the door and knocks on your heart, waiting for you to respond. And there's many of you that you have responded. You put your faith in Him, but then you're afraid of the next step. And look at the last one. I choose to get up and follow Christ in believer's baptism right now. I choose to get up. I choose to get up. I will not let fear keep me captive. I will not let fear keep me from following Christ in believer's baptism. I will not let fear stop me anymore. Let that be your proclamation today. Let that be your choice today. So, man, I will not bow down to fear. I will not cower any longer, but I will go. And I will follow Christ. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what anybody thinks. 
I want to live for Him. I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a minute. And maybe this is you. You say, Mike, I've never given my heart to Christ. I've never been saved. I've never been, I've never been changed. Maybe you've just been religious. You don't have a relationship with God. See, re- religious stuff is what man does. A relationship is what God provided. And so right where you're at, with all the faith that you have, just say, if you want to accept Christ today, just say, Jesus, I believe that you're who you say you are. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross. I believe you bled out your blood for me. Jesus, I believe with all of my heart that you can save me. And so, Jesus, I'm asking with all the faith that I have, Jesus, I'm asking you to come and live within me. I'm asking you to save me. I'm asking you to change me. I'm asking you to forgive me. And his answer is yes. You say, Jesus, I want to quit living the way I've been living. I want to live for you. That's repentance. And he will bless that. Maybe you're here and you've, already, you've made that decision before today, but you've never followed Christ in believer's baptism. Come on. Follow Jesus. Father, I thank you for meeting with us today. I thank you for the decisions that have already been made. But God, I thank you for the ones that are about to happen right now. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to ask everybody to stand. And as you're standing, if you feel led to leave, go. The door is open. There will be pastors that will guide your way up there. So everybody stand. And if you feel led to leave, then go through that door, and I'll meet you upstairs. And we're going to have baptism. We've got a couple of others that are going to be baptized before any of you do. And so there's time. Don't sit there and say, well, there's not enough time. Yes, there is. And don't make excuses. But if you feel led, go right now. I'll see you upstairs.